Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rubero and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest, a repeat guest, and Heather Arthur. Heather Arthur is a passionate people leader. She's an executive coach, a keynote speaker, top VP for communications, as designated by the International Association for Top Professionals, an expert in sales and service operations. Well, Heather, welcome to the podcast again. I'm so happy to have you here. And actually, the last piece I want to mention, Heather is also a very good friend, uh, somebody that I respect and admire, somebody who's been a mentor to me over the last few years. And, you know, I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast. Oh, John, thank you so much. And uh, I love our conversations and the insights. And so, Thank you for having me again and, and again and again. I mean, every time we have a conversation, I learn from you, we learn together. So why not share that with your entire audience so they can be in on our secret conversations, which really aren't so secret, but we really <laughs> learn from each other. Yeah, I know for sure. I know, I know for sure, for sure. You know, for those of you, for those of you that are listening, there's going to be some really cool information. There's really going to be some really deep insights. And actually, we're going to take this and, you know, I'm warning you ahead of time. Some of it might be controversial, but that's okay. Controversy is good. It's only controversial to serve you, right? So we're only going to talk about things that are going to serve you. And, you know, the one thing I know about Heather is it's really around bringing value back to you. So for those of you that are listening in, first of all, thank you for for, for tuning in. But uh, yeah, you, you get your pen and your, your notepad ready because there's going to be some really good information here. Uh, controversial, John. I love that. I want to So, so the last time I spoke with you, I think it was over two years ago, when quite a few things in the world have changed in the last twenty-four months. But what would you say have you seen has really changed, especially over the last, I'm not going to say pandemic and stuff, but I just said it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, over the last 18 months, what's really changed? What have you noticed in, in terms of a hiring perspective? Uh, what's changed? You know what? The biggest change is we've gone to a remote work location. And that is, you know, we've been in remote or hybrid types of situations, but the entire world moved to that model and very quickly. So things that were normally really exciting to go to companies and work for, such as, you know, a fully stocked fridge or, you know, Fridays and there's beer in the, in the lunchroom or an on-site gym, those types of benefits working remotely are not the attraction for employers or employees to go and work there. So talent has really changed their expectations. And what I've, what I've seen is that companies have been more slow than they should be to let go of the other benefits that were the on-site ones, hoping that there's a time when those will come back into style and moving towards the actual needs of their talent, of their future talent and their current employee base. And that model is really being disrupted. And it's kind of exciting because the companies that are looking at their benefits package from a talent acquisition and the longevity, not just like when we are back to normal, which 
by the way, we can have a whole conversation around language around the pandemic and what normal is, because that actually gives me a lot of insight into their mindset and that they actually want to get back to how we were, but we're never going to be back to where we were. We actually need to move ourselves forward with the language we use and how we treat our employees and how we recruit differently. So really the disruption has happened. And if we just sit with it and say, what can I do to look forward for either moving to another job for attracting the best talent or for if I'm a leader in a company holding on to the best talent, now's the decision to make some new decisions for what the future looks like and not think about what was in the old time or before the pandemic. And I'm really fussed about using that language, but it just puts a time frame around where we're at in the world right now. But it's a time of disruption and exciting disruption, John. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so this is interesting. You talked about where we're going, and and, and as a leader, you know, you, you've been a leader, a VP in an organ, a former VP in an organization, now a consultant working in that space. Uh, where do you think it's going? What, what do you think? Number one, what do organizations need to do? And from a candidate perspective, how do they prepare themselves for those conversations with those organizations that are moving in that new direction? Well, the first thing I want to highlight is we are in a unique place where it's an employee market now. So employees have choices. They no longer have to look for a job that's within a you know, one hour commute time to from their home. They can um, work remotely and look for that company that matches their values and their purpose and really look for a boss or a team where they feel that their skills are gonna be highlighted and used at the maximum potential. And with that, you know, even though we're in this remote working environment, the, human, the need for human connection is a now a currency that needs to be measured as a success pattern. And here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. You know, when human connection is made with someone, you feel it, you, you feel it and you know that, oh, I, I wanna learn more with this person. I wanna talk to this person. And in, in the, when we were in the office space, people thought human connection sometimes, well, I saw you. So you know that was human connection, but actually our leaders need to learn how to make that human connection in a hybrid world, virtually, online, you know, and that can be done in all kinds of different ways. You know, I'll tell you a story about just really simple thing to make the human connection. And, and this is like basic 101. We could talk about 201 or 301, uh, the different <laughs> levels of communication. But, you know, one of the things uh, I worked in a call center, we recruited talent all the time. We recruited right across Canada. And one of the actions that we took to improve the onboarding experience for employees is after we met with the candidate, we knew we were going to hire them. We gave them a job offer. We actually had their manager call them before they started to do a personal introduction, tell them a little bit about themselves, tell them how excited we were that they were going to onboard. And that one step, that one human connection, that extra step in the whole recruitment process uh, was phenomenal in that we heard that the people that we had given job offers to, they had more than one job offers. Of course they did. It's a market for talent to choose which employer they went to. But what we heard from those those candidates and and those employees is that they chose us and they chose us 
because of that human connection. They now mm-hmm. didn't have any nervousness around who their boss was going to be. They got to ask them questions and heard about their career and how excited they were. They got to measure whether their values met were matched who they were talking to. And so all of the fears about starting a new job or some of the fears, not all of the fears, some of the fears got just, just dampened a little bit. And so that human connection was made right at the onboarding moment of the employee experience. I think that's really important that we understand that the, our talent needs to know who they're going to report to, what kind of team are they going to be on? What kind of culture am I joining? What skills do you see that I can bring? And that was one of the things that we asked the manager of that employee to highlight and say, I heard from the recruiter, you're an expert at. Hmm. And that was a really good addition to keep one, the conversation consistent. But imagine someone calls you and says, we saw this superpower in you. We saw this strength in you. How are you going to show up on your first day of work? (laughs) like a superhero you're gonna show up with that strength and you're gonna like really embrace it and that will help with your confidence and if we can have confident employees on day one we're gonna have confident employees on day 30 day 60 and five years in because we really want employees to feel that it's a career so I, i think you know human connection it takes investment i think companies that are are training their leaders how to make human connections in a unique way and make it part of their measurements or their measurements of success are going to win in this game. It's an employee market. So that human connection, but it's not, not something that people do naturally. We have to teach leaders how to do that. (laughs) And I would imagine that this also helps with retention, right? Because the other thing I'm also hearing is a lot of employees who are joining organizations uh, they stick around for a week or two. This has become a new phenomenon, especially in the U.S. from some of the people that I've talked to, where people end up leaving. Like they're they're there for a week or two or three, maybe a month, and then they leave to go somewhere else because there's so many opportunities out there. So I guess based on what you've done and, and what you saw, uh, the retention would have been, you know, people would just stay longer with you guys, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I see employee retention or people leaving as a leadership problem. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is people leave their leaders and, you know, other people have said this before, and I I just want to repeat it because it's so important that people see their leader as the company. And so when someone's leaving the organization, something went wrong with the human connection, with the relationship, the ability to trust or feel that their skills were being met or even possibly deeper uh, around diversity or fair treatment or flexibility. So their own needs were not met in some way and their leader failed to uncover what those needs were and exceed the expectations for the employee journey. You know, in many organizations, especially customer facing ones, we talk about the customer journey and how to make it simple for our customers to buy our products. But how often we have in the same conversation about our employee journey, how easy is it for our employees to get access to their benefits, to get access to all of the benefits of being part of that employer? They have to go look at the handbook to find it, 
or are we talking about stock options and you know different apps that they get for free or different discounts that they get and is that a regular conversation that we're having or do we leave it to the employee to look it up in the handbook after they're hired if we're leaving it up to the handbook to be to, to for them to find it they may go to another organization that shows them the value that they can bring yeah no and that's and that's so true just having access to information and having readily available I know, you know, when I was inside of a, a large organization, one of the biggest things when I was communicating with my team was making sure that they knew what options and what um, bonuses, I'm going to call them bonuses, were available, like stock options, um, you know, TFSA, like all these different options that, you know, it's in a handbook, like you said, but it's not clearly laid out for people to understand. Um, and, and it was it was a shame because they'd be there for in the company for a year or two, not knowing that's like, hey, you know what? I have the option to do this. Why am I not doing this? Right. And especially today's environment. Right. Like and, and from what I'm hearing, too, is, you know, people are a lot more conservative with their spend and everything else. You want to make sure that they know how to maximize how they're gaining from an organization. So little things like that is just like really, really simple stuff, right? <laughs> you know, John, you hit it on the nail on the head in that make it easy, but also measure all of these benefits that you're giving your employees. Who's using them? Is it actually seen as a benefit to your employees? Um, you know, I was, uh, when I think about uh, one benefit that I've seen in an organization, Headspace. So the mm -hmm. meditation app, they gave access to their entire employee base, but then there was a really small, and I mean, really small percentage that were downloading it and using it. And, you know, one idea for something like that is, yes, let's bring mindfulness into the business, but let's bring it in so that it becomes a normal activity. What if you did a mindful moment before every meeting started? You know, that's a, a culture shift to make it acceptable to meditate in the daytime and really get grounded in your feelings, not just say, hey, if you want, download this app. So we have to think about what's the benefit we want to give to employees and then how do we show them how to use it and really celebrate the benefit. So, you know, that's, that's one example. Another example that I've seen uh, paid volunteer days. So again, a great way to show value that you value community in your company. And as a, a potential employee that's looking for talent, that would get me pretty excited because I love giving back. But if I go into the company and no one takes the day, then I'm going to be confused about the culture. So, you know, you can ask the questions about these benefits as a potential talent moving into another organization, but ask the deeper question too. How many people take advantage of it? Do you do team events for community events? Uh, mm. And that will give you some insight into how does the community and belonging get um get established and cultivated in a meaningful way within the company. It's not okay to just have those things available in the handbook anymore. So as you're looking for uh, moving to another location or you're looking for that human connection, these are the types of questions that you can ask, not just what are the benefits, but how many people use it and how do you see that active in your company? Yeah. I, and I'm even thinking, and as a question, as a leader, and actually, you know, I, I had the fortune of, of participating in certain volunteer days with, you know, because my leader at the time, my director at the time, he was all for it. He organized a team event. And I remember us all going out. There was on the team. He had a team of 10 people and we all went out and we volunteered. We did um, 
oh, it was food. Um, it was like a food bank in, in Brampton. And, and just us being there and being a part of it and being all together brought us closer together. And, and that was because of the leader. Uh, but even a question for candidates or sorry, I'm going to call them talent because I think I like talent. that word a lot better. Yeah. I like talent. Uh, so the talent can ask the leader, how many volunteer days have you done? Mm, right? Oh, I love that. Well, I know. Like, what do you mean? volunteer? We have this program, but how many have you done? Right. Like that would give you a really good indication of who is actually talking, walking the talk. Right. Like they're not just talking the talk. They're walking the talk which I think is amazing because you, you're, you're, it's for you. And, and like you said, I, and there was a, something I wrote earlier, it was just really around your career, right? Like this isn't, you know, this isn't a place where you're going to be there, you know, you're not going to be there for a month or two. You're going to be there. You could be a year. It could be two years. It could be five years. Right. So, you know, invest that time, ask those questions up front to see if they really align. So the question for you, in terms of a candidate being able to show that they align with the values, because the one thing I hear is sometimes people say these things, but they're not necessarily uh, fully aligned. Like they're just saying it, they're not feeling it, they're not living it, right? Uh, from a candidate perspective, how do you pull those things out? I know I just did that one question, but how else can a candidate pull out from a leader or somebody they're interviewing with that you know their values align with them? Yeah, I, you know, as as talent should always do, make sure you're going to the company's website, checking out mm -hmm. their corporate values. Um, most likely there's some uh, pictures and ask questions about what you've seen and share with the employer how that made you feel to see that. So, you know, mm -hmm. might, you might see um, a group of employees giving back at a food drive or planting trees and, you know, explain that you've actually done the research and, and that got you pretty excited. And then why did it get you excited? Not only are you able to share with the, your prospective employer that this matches your values, but you can also then ask some questions like you said, John, have you ever participated? But then you can also go into how often does that happen? Is there a designated week where it's a volunteer week? Uh, you know, what are, are there any initiatives that are company-wide um, that happen? And that will help you get uncover what um, the values are around that. Or is it literally just the pictures that you see, which sometimes mm. happens that they, they just do it once a year and, <laughs> and they can say no to those companies because as a talent, it is your market to choose who you're going to uh, grow your career with. Yeah. No, and, and sometimes those photos are from five years ago. So <laughs> you got to be really careful, right? So from your perspective, as you're, as you're looking at people to bring into an organization, what are you looking for specifically? Because, you know, I, I know you've, you've hired from all levels, from entry level to managerial level to even director level. What do you look for as a leader in, you know, characteristics in individuals to be a part of your team? You know, John, that question is like, perfectly timed because just before recording this podcast, I was conducting interviews um, to uh, look for some help with social media and communications and virtual assistant. And the candidates that stuck out and um, I haven't hired them yet, but I'm going to. So if they'll listen to this, they'll, they'll, they'll know what stood out for me. But uh, the first thing was the person did not say they could do everything. They hmm. I asked very specific questions around technology and knowledge, and they said, I don't know how to do that. And that honesty was so amazing to hear because there was a moment where 
like, I don't know. And then they just said, just converted right into, but I, there's been times when I didn't know something before. And I've learned that on watching YouTube videos. I know that there's courses I can take. So this self-learning study was mm. a quick response. Um, you know, there, there also, um, what I, you know, we use our technology all the time. We record calls. We're recording this call right now. And one of the candidates shared that, you know, I'm going to record our, our conversation so that I, I don't have to go back and ask you questions. I'll just go back and listen to our conversation. You know, that's using technology for the benefit um, and, and moving us forward. So those are some of the things that I'm looking for. Can they ask questions? Are they self-starter? And do they have the ability to say, I don't know that. And that honesty, I can teach the skills behind the scenes if you're honest that you have that gap. And that gets me pretty excited because then we, we can partner on and, mm. and learn from each other. So those are some of the things that I just finished seeing and, and got excited about the candidates. Um, we did have some candidates that couldn't uh, articulate that. And they sort of just said, yes, I know that information. And when we dug just a little bit deeper, it was clear that they hadn't done their homework or they hadn't gone to the website to check out our company. And it was just, it was just missing the mark on, on some of those things. So, you know, keep employers know when you're not giving the whole truth and it's not going to help you. So it's okay to say, I don't know that information, but I can't, I can't wait to learn with you and use that kind of language, you know, as a talent going into an organization, you want to use language that says, I already want to be part of your team. So I can't wait to learn that from you is a great way to invite the employer to imagine what it's going to feel like to have you part of the team. Yeah. No, and, and <laughs> I love the languaging that you're using about that, right? Invite, invite the employer. And, and, and at the end of the day, you definitely want to express your interest. I know it's one of those things that employers are looking for as well. They're looking for people who have a strong desire, a strong passion to join their team. And you have to explain to them, you have to be able to articulate to them why you want to do that. So from an organization, and I know we're, you know, we've we got some really good content here so far, but in terms of organizations, in order to keep that top talent, because not everybody, and actually one of my other interviews, one of my guests said, no, not everybody's a top talent, right? Uh, but to keep the one thing that's going to happen is, you know, top talent is leaving organizations because they're not being treated right. They're not, uh, you know, it's, it's not even a benefit thing. It's really around culture inside the organization. Uh, from your perspective, what would an organization need to do today to retain the people that they already have? Because one of the things I'm hearing from recruiters specifically is that there's a mass exodus of people wanting to leave organizations. The, the normal stat is around 10% of people kind of switch careers and move from organization year to year. Uh, this year, the stat's gone up to 25%. So they're anticipating a, 20, a boom, essentially, of people, top talent people, leaving organizations. So what do, as an employer, as a leader, what do they need to do to really keep those people inside the organization to keep working for their organization? It's a really loaded <laughs> question. There's so many avenues that we can go down, but the first thing that comes to mind is it is not okay anymore. It is not acceptable. Maybe this is where we're getting controversial. So John, you can challenge yeah, me to ask more <laughs> questions. But to say we have a open door trusting policy and mm. why I say that is because, you know, bef before a year and a half ago, when we were all in the office, 
there was a belief that having people work from home meant that they were going to be less productive. And we can see all the statistics that that is not true. In fact, in a lot of cases, our travel time has been replaced with more Zoom meetings, more time at at the office hours. And so we're going to be transitioning back to a hybrid work model or into a hybrid model. And so that trust has to be there. And you can't just say it. You have to show it. And how you show that is you say to employees or to the people that report to you what you have noticed that they stand tall for. So you may want to say to you know, someone who's a parent, hey, I've noticed that you've been um, working split shifts. I just want to thank you for finding the best way to work and be the best mom or dad. I'm the best employee and the work that you've been giving is solid. You know, imagine someone said that to you when Mm. you're feeling guilty that you had to go, you know, have some online school time with your, with your kids. If my boss said that to me, I had kids, I'd be like, whoa, like you just gave me permission to have flexibility and not count the clock hours. So I think that's one of the things that we have to say the words about what we trust about our employees, not just say, hey, we're in a trusting environment. That's not good enough anymore. Mm -hmm. In some cases, it's not true. Um, Then the next thing, and I know there is a lot of uh, conversation around this, diversity and inclusion. Here's my opinion. This is solely my opinion, although I read a Globe and Mail article yesterday that I 100% agree with that says all the same thing. So maybe it's not just my opinion, but many companies have just checked the boxes. They're checking the mm-hmm. box to say, we have a plan. We want to, we want to increase the number of women in higher positions. We want to increase the diverse workplace and checking the boxes is not good enough. People joining an organization want to have someone that looks like them in higher positions so that they know and can aspire to be those people too. So we're in a moment in time where your your inclusion and diversity program is probably not going to take you into the next year or two if you don't do something drastic to change the perception around that program. As any talent, you know, you can ask those questions and ask about, you know, training and development, leadership development, what programs are available for mentoring. These are the types of questions that I think are really important in today's age so that you can understand that there is a career path for you. And there are people that have stepped in those shoes before you and you can follow those shoes. Whew, yeah. That's a lot, John. I, I, I'm, I know you have an opinion of this as well. So I, I, I'd love to know if you want to top up on any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm taking notes, right? So, and I hope everybody else is. I'm looking into my neck as I say this, but I hope everybody else is taking notes too. Because so it used to be people used to say, well, I have an open door policy because not everybody had an open door policy. Not everybody was, not everybody was open. And actually, you know, I, I've worked for, I've worked for for managers who didn't necessarily have an open door policy, um, which really meant I couldn't go talk to them anytime I wanted. I needed to book something. And, you know, if I was lucky, maybe a month later, I'd be able to get into a space with them where I could have a conversation. I think that open door policy is no longer the exception. It It has to be the norm today. Right. So but also what I heard is, you know, having an employer take the time 
to really make space to acknowledge what's happening on his team, right? Because a lot of times, you know, one of the things I talk about in a lot of my podcasts, a lot of my, you know, videos that I do is, you know, you got to make yourself stand out because if you don't, nobody's going to notice you. But I think a little bit of the reverse is true as well. The leader now needs to take time to notice what's actually going on with the people on his team, no matter how big his team is. And if he doesn't know about somebody specifically, he should get to know somebody. So if it's not a direct report, but it's somebody who reports to a direct report. So somebody at a manager level and it's one of their staff, he needs to be in the know or she needs to be in the know, sorry, my apologies, uh, around what's happening to the team members, right? So that's what I'm hearing as well. And this trust environment, diversity inclusion programs, they're fantastic because I think it acknowledges what happened, it's what's happening, but it's also, it's not working as effectively as I think people think it is, right? So checking the boxes, um, you know, it works, but it doesn't work, right? And I went through that exercise as well. Years ago, uh, I went through the exercise of kind of rebalancing my team. And, you know, I, I was one of the very few IT teams in the organization that was 50-50, male-female, you know, from, uh, from a weight perspective. So I know what that's like, but you got to do it right, right? And you gotta it, right. It, yeah, you got to do it right. And you got to have the right talent, you know, going back to talent, like you said, you got to have the right talent to make all of that execute together, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't want your listeners to misunderstand. We need to have a plan for IND, mm. for inclusion and diversity, but it's not enough to just execute on the plan. We actually have to make a difference. We yeah. have to make a difference in perception and movement and number of people that can be those mentors. John, you said something there that I, I just want to double click on um, around a leader knowing their employees. You know, there are non-negotiables as an employer and employee relationship. And for me, those non-negotiables are that, you know, whatever your measurements of success are, you're looking to exceed those. There's a scorecard that you're always curious how to do all of those things. And that your education and your learning will support you 100%. As a leader, that's what I do. But the magical moments, the true human connections always happen somewhere else. And when I say happen somewhere else, I get goosebumps when I get a text message, a picture, a message on Teams, a message on LinkedIn that show me, hey, remember I said I wanted to learn how to play guitar? Here's my first YouTube video. <laughs> remember when I said I wanted to write a poetry book? Here, I've written, I've written a poem for you to see. Remember when I said I was going to adopt? Here's the kids that I just adopted. And like, I have had these magical moments with employees because I got curious about what was important to them. And mm. if they can, if they share that with you, feel that that is just a piece of gold in terms of knowing what is valuable to them and write it down as a leader, write this stuff down about your employees so that you can ask them about their kids and use their names. You can ask them about the new puppy that they got. You can tell them, you know, Hey, I saw, you know, this, this YouTube video. And, and I, I, I know you're having difficulty potty training your puppy and, you know, here, let me share this with you. It doesn't have to be a monetary connection. It can be just a human connection about what's most important to them. I have had the most magical moments with people sharing things with me and, uh, it's so simple because all that you have to do is get curious and ask questions about them as a person and mm -hmm. they will be the best employee for you in the long run. And they'll meet their, their, the expectations because that's the, 
contract that we made together. And then you go deeper and it gets, it just, I, I can't even, I, I, I keep <laughs> just thinking about the examples, but people don't understand how important that is for that human connection. I know we keep coming back to human connection, but it is, it is a currency that no one is spending enough on right now. Yeah. And, and it's definitely, and, and, and actually I'm, what I'm sensing and what I'm feeling is, you know, even going forward, like this is going to be, I think the game changer for a lot of people, right? So it's going to be the game changer for leaders, but it's also going to be the game changer for talent as they go into these organizations to go and make these human connections, right? You know, involving themselves with mentoring programs and being involved in volunteer days, this is what makes, you know, and I think about fulfillment at work, right? Because this is another big topic that's out there, you know, the, the, the world of HR, human resources, they're all talking about this, you know, how do you get more fulfillment into your day as a, as a talent? And how do you get more fulfillment as a leader? And I think it all comes back to what you said, human connection and, and making a really simple human connection. And it doesn't, you know, and, and I'm thinking, you know, as a former leader, you know, inside of an organization, the one thing I, I, I keep thinking about is, you know, but how am I going to have time for all of this, right? Like, how am I going to, you know, now I got to think about, you know, Bobby and his dogs, right? I got to think about Susie and, you know, uh, you know, her garden, like whatever that is, right? Or uh, Susie, who, like, it doesn't matter which, which way is which, but, you know, as a leader, how do you, how do you make space for that in your day with everything else that's going on? And I know that, you know, with yourself, you know, as a former leader, your day was jam-packed from the time you started to the time you finished. How does a leader make time for that? Oh, that's a great question. I, um, so I live close to a lake and there's a boardwalk by the lake and I get to um, get down there for sunrise. That's one of my goals is to get down and do my morning walk for sunrise. And what I would do is I would share the picture that I take every day with my team simple. I'm already doing it. I'm already doing a walk and I would mm -hmm. send it with some sort of connection point. So, Hey, thinking of, of who we're going to impact today, the sun is shining. It's a glorious day. Just a little bit of cloud and, you know, make some sort of, and, and it's one liner, like we're not talking about a whole yeah. lot. And what I, I didn't, and I was just doing it to keep myself uh, authentic to my own personal goal, because then somebody would hold me accountable to that. But what I realized is that that action then inspired them to start sharing their photos of what they liked. And I got some insights. So try to just infuse it in what you already do. And then I have a new rule that I'm following right now, and it's really serving me well. Um, you know, oftentimes people pop into our heads, and especially now that we're all virtual and we're not seeing each other in person, we don't have the luxury of like, I'll see them on the weekend or I'll see them on Monday. So when someone pops into my head, I take the time almost immediately, if, if it's possible to quickly reach out to them. And I say quickly with a, um, a one-way communication, meaning that the, I'm not calling them because that I won't, might not have time for a conversation, but I'm sending them a text message. I'm sending them a picture of something that we've done together. I'm sending them a quick video message. And like, you can, I, I know people are sometimes a little bit hesitant for video messages, but you can also do a voice note and just say, Hey, you popped into my head today. Um, I don't know why, but I wanted to tell you, I'm thinking about you. And this is what I love about you. And <laughs> it's so easy to do. It takes three minutes. And if you're second guessing, sending that message to someone, then your uh, confidence is actually what's in the way. And 
then you're not being of service to that other person. So just get out of your own way, send that voice text, send that voice message and make someone's day positively impact them. The beauty of this new, uh, new rule that I have that as soon as they pop in ahead, my head is I don't forget to connect with someone. I tell them that I was thinking of them. They feel special. And every single time their answer is the same back to me. How did you know I needed that message right now? Yeah. And it's simple. They needed that message because I need those messages too. So <laughs> why are we not looking to fill everyone's bucket up with love and connection and just letting them know that they're amazing. And it's, yeah. it can be your family. It can be your friends. It can be your coworkers. Just reach out. Yeah, no. I, and, and, you know, it's funny you say that and it actually gave me goosebumps as you were, as you were saying that, because the same thing happened last week. There was a nagging, I'm not going to call it, it wasn't a nag, but it was like that little nagging voice that said, Hey, you need to reach out to this person. You just need to say hi. Right. And you know, I, and I ended up reaching out, it, it just, you know, like you said, I got in my own way and I didn't do it right away. So I waited, you know, two days, but it was still there. That thought was there. It's like, okay, you got to reach out. You got to reach out. Anyways, I reached out to that person and, and they had been going through a tough time. And I just said, Hey, I just, I was thinking about you. Just wanted to check in and see how you're doing, uh, see how everything's going. Um, and unfortunately they were going through a situation with one of their parents, you know, who contracted COVID. And it goes, your message came just at the right time. And, and I think a lot of it, and I think you and I, I think we're aligned on this. You know, there's that intuition part of you that says, hey, you need to go do this. Listen to it and just go do it, right? Like if you don't, um, you know, people are going to miss out on what you're able to give in terms of, again, value, but also that connection, right? Like it's coming to you because you're already connected with them in some way. And this just allows you to open up even more. So I'm so happy that you talked about that. It's really taking that time to listen to what's happening and just do it, right? Like, like Nike says, just do it, right? Like you don't have to. <laughs> you know, we have the ability to make things happen and to yeah. make impacts. And any moment where we're second guessing making an impact in someone else's life means that we're not serving our own purpose. So yeah. get out of your own way and serve, be of service to others. And I guarantee you that that love will come back to you in mountains of energy. And, and it'll just, it, anytime I reach out to someone, they teach me again, what, what they're, what they're best at. And yeah. I, I love them so much. So, yeah. yeah so, and actually, so I'm going to take what you're doing and I'm just going to offer it up as a, as a challenge to our audience here. Right. Mm. So anytime a person pops into your head, uh, even for a second, reach out to them, right? And just do that, you know, as you go through your days, your weeks, your months, your years, uh, and just make that connection with them. And just just a, a simple text, a one-way text, you know, videos are great too. I love videos when people send videos, but just go say hi, right? Say, hey, I was thinking about you, just wanted to drop in a note. And if you want, show a piece of, you know, appreciation, gratitude for them, like Heather mentioned, and just let them know that they're special to you. Because yeah. you will be surprised, right? And, you know, so I just wanted to serve that up as a challenge for those that are listening in. And what does this have to do with job search? Absolutely everything. Because when you make that connection, you're better connected with the people you work with. You find that fulfillment, you know, and these are things that are important to a lot of, a lot of talent that's going through the job search today. So build on these things. Even if you're in the process of going through your search, 
uh, you know, people that you're reaching out to on LinkedIn, you know, if you're making your connections, you're networking with them, just share these little things with them. You'll be surprised at the results that you get. So Heather, I know we can go on forever and ever on these things, uh, but we are at the point where we need to start wrapping up. So if people want to connect with you, if people want to learn more about you, where could they go and get some information? LinkedIn is the best way to connect with me. They can go on my LinkedIn profile, Heather, Arthur, and um, uh, I, uh, you know, in, email me there. I can answer back to you. If you have reached out to someone and you got the same response, like, how did you know I needed it? Me and John love to hear those stories. So please send us an email, send us a message. We would love to hear it. And even if this impacted you, let us know how it impacted you. You know, John, I love what you said about, you know, as you're looking for a job, why would I be reaching out? Am I reaching out just to look for a job? No, you're looking, reaching out to boost your confidence, your energy, mm -hmm. and the vibration that you're bringing to the job search. And that's why you're doing it um, to make sure that you're living up to your strengths because you're telling everyone around them how, you, how their strengths have impacted you. So yeah. I love that no, advice. I Absolutely. So I want to make sure I include a link to your LinkedIn on the show notes. And I love that you said, hey, reach out to us. Let us know how this has impacted you. Let us know. You know what? You'll be surprised. People will reach out and you're like, hey, this is awesome. But we will get back to you. So, you know, let us know how this has impacted you and let us know about those magical moments that you're experiencing as well from, you know, just kind of listening to your intuition and saying, hey, yeah, I'm going to go do this. Heather, again, I just wanted to say thank you. Big thank you for, for being a part of this podcast, to be a part of this and, and just to be a part of my world. You know, I love that, you know, we're connected and we're able to do what we do in the service of others. So thank you for again for, for being a part of this. Thank you, John. It's always a teaching moment, learning moment for me. And uh, thank you for sharing your energy today with me. I learned something from, from this conversation as well, but thank you for also serving the audience that listens to this. And I just thank you. I appreciate you as a friend, but I also appreciate that we are able to give out this great advice to other people too. Yeah, well, thank you. All right, for everybody, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Wishing you all a great one. Talk to you all soon. Take care.